0: Hey everyone! Welcome to Blind Bargains episode. Wait a minute. Carry my four. Count these three toes. Episode two hundred and nine. Everyone with me today is JJ. JJ, how are you doing there, sir? Uh,
1: doing all right, and uh, at home, along with everybody else. Uh,
0: we're we're also along for the ride. Shelley Brisbane is back with us.
2: I'm riding, but I'm I'm social distance riding. I am riding in the sidecar, very far away from either of you. For low
0: vision, that means he is six inches away
2: from whatever she's doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a minute since uh, uh, I've seen Shelly. We'll have to try to remember Cecil in a little later on (laughs) because. It feels
0: like, feels like half like a year a away. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe we get to that. Uh, good thing we wrote about a nexus roll. We can just go look back and read mm-hmm. that, and remind us what happened so long just ago. Just read the article.
0: <laughs> just, just do a say all. Just do a down arrow. Yeah, 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 Just pipe there it through. You go. Just pipe it through.
2: We could use the yeah. links, so, the clicks. So yeah, go read the article.
0: But that isn't all, everyone. Um, this is. Uh, I told JJ this is kind of like a an after school special. This is a very special episode of Blind Bargains because of what's going on not that every time you turn on the tv you don't have a commercial in your face saying during this very amazing time during this very special time we're coming into this episode a little bit we joked before in slack potluck so we're bringing news stories we're gonna just talk openly and see where everything takes us so uh, what that really means is that Joe goes back and grabs everything we talk about and puts it into show notes later uh, after we get the first edit in. But we thought it would be better that way. I'm than not sure potluck is the best way, though.
1: But potluck implies buffet oh. style, and then, then that's just too much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's <laughs>
0: absolutely true.
1: <laughs> Individually wrapped
2: dinners up. that we all yes.
0: brought. Correct. <laughs> Microwave it for at least 10 minutes. We'll be good. You um, so there's a bunch of stuff that happened. We'll probably have resources that come up while we're talking. So rather than script it out, we just want mention to as many as I can to talk like about agile. what's been going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Make sure yeah. he earns his pay first by time. putting all the links in. <laughs>
0: just, c- just. C- control L, control V, yeah. control L, control V.
1: You I read.
2: I read the following seven articles about assistive technology this week.
1: <laughs> Which I will not. Make sure, I will make sure I don't give Joe any of the links. He wants to find them all
0: himself. <laughs> and Shelly will read my Twitter feed for the last two months.
1: No, no, I'm I won't. Just no, kidding.
2: that's mean. I'm, I'm a light tweeter.
1: You look, can catch
2: up look, real quick.
1: Look, here, you know, here's the deal. I know we're, we're joking around. We're trying to have some fun that we realize that for some people and in many situations, there is a lot of very serious things going on. So we hopefully can bring a little bit of, uh, you know, this, this to your world and perhaps provide you with some ideas some resources some humor you know what, whatever we can do and um like i said yeah it's pretty much unscripted but we'll talk about some of the things that i know you've been talking about for the last uh, month and we might even get back to csun if we have time and we'll see what happens in the next hour
0: now i know that toilet paper has been pretty hard to find for a lot of people mm. and we actually we actually found some at aldi Nice German efficient toilet paper. And, oh. uh, then it became the, the chest freezer, right? Cause Ricky was like combing the websites every day for one and we, we actually scored one. Has there been something that you guys have been having a hard time trying to find or realize that you needed during the situation and, and now like scomb the, 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 the infrawebs looking for something?
2: For me, it's obviously the hand sanitizer was the main thing. And, and we, in addition to our little family, uh, are trying to make sure that my mom, who is uh, 90 years old and who wouldn't be driving anyway, but because she can't, she is me- feeling more shut in than she otherwise would. So we're making sure she has all the stuff we need. So, But I, for me, it's weird stuff. It's like, oh, I need hair color or pins or something that is not particularly hard to find because of the pandemic, but that means I might have to go to a couple of different online sources to find it. Actually, online has been great for that because normally I would just go to the HEB or send my husband to the HEB and say, look around until you find something, take a picture. But because of online, I find exactly what I want and I make a target order for delivery or for pickup or something like that. And I'm sure that I'm getting exactly the thing I want and I got just the right batteries yesterday, which sounds kind of weird, but I wanted those batteries, by golly. And I also wanted the hairbrush that I wanted. So I've been doing more online shopping, as obviously as most of us have, but I've just been finding joy in that and finding highly specific objects that I want.
1: The odd one for me that took me four or five different grocery trips uh, you know, by my, my shoppers uh, was baking powder. I didn't, don't know why that suddenly became such a hot item to get. And I had, I think it was four or five different times. It's not necessarily anything specific. It's just having to do a little more planning. We're going to do a tip a little later about some ideas for getting delivery slots and Instacart and shift, but Amazon in their infinite wisdom and maybe whatever the way it's the way they're doing it. You know, first of all, the one day doesn't exist. One day is more like three. If they consider whatever you want to get to be an essential item, if they don't, then you're out about three weeks So because they're what Amazon is doing, if you're not aware, is they're prioritizing things that they claim are essential, which also happens to include all the Amazon branded products. huh? But they're all apparently essential. But yeah, so like something really random. I wanted some parchment liners for my air fryer. Uh, we need to do an episode on the air fryer at some point, don't we? But for some reason, that didn't get categorized in the essential thing. And I'm sure they just did some blanket, you know, these categories are, or these aren't. So that's like a three-week-out purchase. And like, okay, I wasn't planning on that far ahead as far as what I You know, you, usually little things like that, when I need them, I, you know, do a whip up a, a prime order or put it in my next ship cart, which usually comes in an hour, not three days. And, you know, so it's that planning ahead, you know. We're so, we are just got so spoiled by one hour grocery delivery and one day prime delivery and all this stuff. And you guys have the you know prime. I now mean, that has just spoiled me and having to think I had a more it's Amazon fresh.
0: It. That was the one yep. that, that kind of threw us because you would choose from these two hour windows and then you would then click and see three days out and they were all full. And that was just weird to see if you were used to seeing available in two hours and The, the big difference between say Amazon Fresh or an Instacart is there's interaction between Instacart or shipped or other delivery services. With Amazon, if you're doing fresh, if it ain't there by the time that your shopper was going through it, you you just don't know until it doesn't show up on your doorstep. Uh It will tell you, uh, that these things weren't available, but you don't know until the time that it's actually three days later and they've gone shipping for it. And especially if you're buying those tortilla chips,
1: yeah, God. especially if you're buying, like, say, like five ingredients to make something, you know, if one of them doesn't show up, and it happens to be the main ingredient. Well, now what are you going to do? Now you have all these things, and you're missing the main. You know, you can't do a substitute, so that ends up being a bit of a problem sometimes for, for things like that. I mean, I know these are very first world problems. I realize that absolutely, but sure, it sure.
0: Still things you think but about. but there are some things that are, that play into that. So Kyle and I did go in person while you guys were in Anaheim to do some shopping. And we went into Sam's and they told us, wow, you just missed it. I'm like, what did we miss? And they were like, there was a fist fight over water. Here in the store, we had to call the police. You know, these are things that, you know, I've started to have to rethink how I approach going to places or doing things, or if you're in an Uber, who wears the masks, you know, and what's going on there's a lot of re strategizing that I am starting to do. And the biggest one is this is Kyle's graduation year from high school or sorta is the graduation year from high school tomorrow. I have to go attend a virtual meeting to talk about uh, what's going to happen for seniors. You know, do they put on a cap and gown and walk from one side of the camera to the next with a green screen of a commencement board in the background? I don't know. Uh, But that's been really weird to, Rethink how we approach better yet. How do I explain to our teenager what senior skip day was (laughs) or what senior trip was? You know, there's just so many things. (laughs) Oh, exactly. So it's been a little reassessing of how you approach things. And, uh, that kind of comes into even what we do.
2: So I wanted to really quickly talk about masks because that's something that I didn't mention. And that was, I think, the staple, that and sanitizer that I knew I was going to need if I went out. And I've been out a couple of times to a grocery store and I've been to my mother's home. And before both of those trips, we needed to make sure that we had masks in the very early going it was kind of optional. And then it got to a point a few weeks ago where it was like either the law said you had to have them or at least the social pressure was that you needed to. And I was perfectly willing to do it. But we had a couple of masks lying around here because my husband does work around the house and he wears masks over his face for dust sometimes. They weren't N95. And then for some reason, my mom just had in her closet these two random N95 quality masks that she insisted that we take. And it occurred to me that given shortages at Amazon and other places, that probably would have been the most difficult to find. And I'm sure is for a lot of people, leaving aside medical workers who obviously have the greatest need and who need more than one, people like me, I can leave one on my bar and then when I need to go outside, I can take it with me. And when I get it back home, I can spritz it a little bit with alcohol and feel better about it. But those kinds of things that maybe you need one of, but you really need one I suspect for a lot of people, that's been a challenge and they just have chosen not to go out if they can't find one.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it depends where you're trying to go. Like I go for walks and such and I'm not wearing a mask on that, but if I'm going Same into here. a store yeah. or somewhere, um, I am finally, now, I mean, this honestly, I hadn't really gotten into the mask thing until very recently because, you know, they went from at least around here, the optional part kind of the last week or so is really where it's been. And I have no idea when we're going to release this recording. But, you know, like towards the end of April, I was like, OK, fine, mask, I'll do it. And think, you know, they're not the N95 ones, which are the medical grade ones. Those are not easy to find. There's lots of instructions. So we'll link up to uh, uh, Pippi Adams created a way to um, do mask to sew mask without drawing. So an accessible way of making them. Uh, she's blind herself, so we will link to that. So that's one possible way. If you have, if you are or know someone who knows how to make uh, cloth masks, which are certainly better than nothing. Remember, it's not really protecting you; it's protecting other people. This actually doesn't. The, exactly. The, ch- the cheaper masks don't protect you at all. Honestly, they just uh, you know are protecting We're other. They're making
2: people. sure that if you have a cough or a sneeze or something like that, if you're near other people, that it won't get on them. And frankly, it's for your peace of mind and for theirs. So because, as I they say, they're social, and I we don't see it. But uh, I am told by people in my life who have more vision than I do that, uh, you know, there's a lot of social pressure. There's a lot of side eye. People are uncomfortable around people who aren't wearing masks. And I think that's reasonable.
1: And that reversed. It was the other way three or four weeks ago. If you were the one person wearing a mask, you people would look at you weird. And so now it's right. going the other way.
0: It's yeah. so weird. If you were on the plane and you were flying from one major city to another, you were the pariah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the the other thing is and we've had a conversation on our Slack channel with Scott there's lots of things that people haven't thought of or had to think of. So if you are low vision and you're using a face shield, uh you could fog up your, you know, your glasses if you're low vision if you I've had that uh, happen have some hearing, several times. Having some hearing issues, masks <laughs> masks can cause problems with those who have issues with hearing loss because the voice is muffled, it doesn't project. And of course, if they're keeping social distancing, they're six feet away. And for some people that can be outside their threshold of hearing or with hearing aids, it's gonna cause some distortion for some types. And Georgia at the time of this recording is reopening up restaurants. And there were things that they were discussing about, there were no guidelines for. So if someone has a menu, what do you do with it afterwards? Do you run it under a UV light? Do you wipe it down? There's just a lot of things that we may have to rethink as visually impaired and blind people going to a restaurant. You know, your phone might be the way that you go to the restaurant's website and read their menu from there, which is something that, you know, we've been doing for a while, but now it might be a necessity.
1: Yeah, some of these things. That we've been doing for a while might just become the norm for everyone else as well. I mean, that's a really good example as far as the, the menus, anything that can be done app based. I've seen a lot of restaurants and there's been a lot of support, at least in my city in Kalamazoo of supporting all the local restaurants who definitely could use it. Um, there's a huge Facebook group that took off here called Kalamazoo menu that I think is over 30,000 strong now in a month and a half where people are posting pictures and, all sorts of stuff for for local restaurants, but I've seen several restaurants that had no online presence whatsoever, or very limited. Very quickly ramp up an online ordering platform so they can be more efficient. Because and which really a lot of times uh, helps us out as well. Especially if you have a website with an inaccessible menu, if you have online ordering, most of the time the menu there you can read, which is good. It's a lot easier to to go through. So a lot of little developments, not intentional at all. At all but they definitely uh, have helped us out.
2: Yeah, and if they build those menus from scratch, that's less likely that it's going to be as convoluted as sometimes those, those menus are. And hopefully if they're just taking text from an existing menu and quickly inputting it, it has a higher chance of being accessible.
0: Yeah, I've rarely seen PNGs of menus like that took a picture in... You know, from their phone and put it up there, and I have. Yeah, seen I mean that that, that has happened. I've seen
2: PDFs plenty in the past, but not so much because because they have to have the ordering platform as well. A lot of time, a lot of restaurants that I deal with locally have not really had specific relationships with delivery entities, and it's apparently a lot easier for them to say we're with Chowhound or wh- whatever the delivery entity is, and it's usually not one I've heard of before. <laughs> it's always but a new app that. <laughs> right, but that app has that gives them an infrastructure, yep. and it gives them the ability to say, "Here's my menu. Deliver catfish to the people that want it."
1: And honestly, to, to go along with that, a lot of restaurants, or at least some, are opting or preferring for you to call them directly or order directly on their website while they are on Grubhub and DoorDash and all the all the rest, remember those take commissions and fees even now. They've waived some of these and lowered some of these fees, but if you want to support your local restaurant the best possible way you can, either ask them or go straight to the restaurant, then you can get 100% of the money will go to them and not, not have Grubhub take 20 30% off the top.
2: And I've been tipping big when I can't like we have the the place that we go on weekends for breakfast and coffee. They also have a dinner menu and they have beer as well. So they have growlers. And so we we will go on the weekend and get breakfast. And, you know, just to support them, of course, we've been getting a growler, you know, because because it helps them just for them that's that's why we do it Uh, absolutely yeah but they're smart it relieves stress
0: and helps yes it does they have
2: an instagram presence they show their food they because a restaurant needs to let you know that they're still open because i might not know offhand so if you're not sure about your favorite restaurant call them directly my restaurant has also done this place cherrywood coffee house has done a really interesting thing too and i asked her i said how well is this working she says we sell like eight eight of these a week but what they do is essentially a bag, it's a kind of a care package, and you get uh, some fruits and some vegetables, and even a roll of toilet paper, and Ah. basically it's just like $28 worth of Necessities that help you know an avocado and some salsa that just you know help you make a few meals and you pick it up at the coffee place when you're getting breakfast and you don't have to go through the hassle of going That's to the cool. HEB and I think it's it's really oriented for there, there are a lot of students and a lot of folks who live in apartments uh, near this place and it's it's a, such a great idea and they're really scrappy they're just they're doing everything they can to keep in touch with their local community and I feel like it's working for them.
0: And local bars are doing the very same thing. They're starting to sell groceries in some cities uh, to have people come in and, and get the necessities in some of these bars because they were the local hangouts anyway. Uh, so that's starting to get the you know word out there to individuals. Uh, but there are local places like your local coffee company. You might not even realize that you have a coffee company in your area and you start searching for your city and coffee. And you might find that there's one that delivers there's here, one not too far away from our house here in Charlotte. The other thing that is really interesting to see amongst all this entrepreneurship is the services that you might not have been aware of. And we joked about growlers a little bit ago, but uh, there's a huge craft brewery scene here in Charlotte. Yep, same And uh, once when one of the local uh, women proprietors Uh, unfortunately closed her doors that seemed to have been the rallying cry and got people to move into bottled water or doing the distillery into hand sanitizer. And that was kind of a big game changer here. Uh, The the other thing that, and I guess it just, you know, it never really clicked, but Charlotte has something like 12.4 million people come through it, through the airport alone each year. And you never realize just how much exposure you have to something in your area until you sit down and think about uh, the local airport. And it's a connector for American. So American was a big, huge part of the Charlotte economy. And also UPS was here and Amazon warehouses. So that was one of the first places where things started to really explode. And so that was kind of that a moment of, Oh, this is what my city does. This is what my city is based on. How has it been with the identity in Austin? Shelly, I was looking forward to talking to you about this since the cancellation of South by what, what did that do?
2: Well, it was, it was interesting because when that happened and it was almost at the exact same time that we were all wondering whether CSUN would be canceled I think that the community was ready for it to be canceled before it happened. It was kind of an unimaginable thing because if you've never been to Austin during South by Southwest, it's not just a few days of festival. It's not even, it's not like going to convention or CSUN. It's three festivals in one, more like four or five. And the entire downtown of the city plus is filled with people. It's just, I and mean, you can't walk in downtown Austin without you know, running into somebody almost literally. So it's not just a small thing. But the community was kind of ready for it to close. I think when the rest of the city had to close down, because it was just you know, apparent, I think it was the the 13th of March or so when it became a national emergency and everything started to close down. Because Austin is such a young community, there's so much restaurant and bar activity and music and art and all that kind of stuff. The creative class and the people who were, you know, frankly, just getting by as service workers were the first to hit it, and it, it hit them really hard, even beyond, you know, a lot of people make their money, their nut for the year with South by Southwest, but that's a defined part of the population. But Once it became the whole city, then you could see the ripple effects. And I think a lot of people who work in tech and work for the state are probably counting themselves fortunate because a lot of them could work at home. Then the issue, as for everywhere else, became, oh my goodness, I'm working at home, but now I also have my kids at home. And they, they made spring break two weeks instead of one, which made sense because it gave the schools and the University of Texas and all the other entities some time to figure out what they were gonna do. But it's still, it's a compound issue. It's not just my spouse has a job, I don't have a job. It's my spouse doesn't have a job, I have a job, but we have these three kids at different ages. So you were talking about graduations. It's just, Austin has taken it, fairly well, although there have been a few protesters coming down to the Capitol to to sort of make some points. But the city as a whole, I think, has adjusted as well as it can. But it's uh it's it's a it's a pretty big hit just to the culture. Like i it's, it's a beautiful spring day today. It has been for the past few weeks. This is prime outdoors, running around, riding bikes season. People are still doing that, but obviously not in groups and there isn't a marathon every weekend like there usually would be this time of year. <laughs>
1: Yes, I mean the whole uh, state of Texas is, is reeling. I mean, I was looking forward to coming down and visiting uh, Houston in July. Yes, and yep. um, you know, not the, happening. The conventions. We had of,
2: some big plans. Yeah,
1: we did. We were going to do a big uh, podcast. We were talking about doing a whole in person thing. Um, well, yeah, you know, we'll have to wait till some other time. But uh, yes, of course, the uh, both the big conventions and along with many many other events. Uh, Uh, NFB and ACB were canceled. I guess part of the question with all of this is, you know, we don't have the certainty of the future. You know, it makes sense to cancel South by. I contend that obviously if CSUN would have been one week later, it would have been canceled. It was right on that edge of of things. Um, Right. But how far ahead do things get canceled now? I mean, you know, there's a lot of, you know, all the conferences, blindness related, everything adjacent to, This show um, has been canceled, including you know the mainstream, of course, except
0: for WWDC, which will be virtual. Well, I'm saying yeah,
1: yeah, it's
2: been canceled. Then Google and Microsoft, all of the tech conferences that would have happened about now, I maintain those are somewhat. Easier. Well, maybe not WWDC in similar to South by Southwest. It's not as big by any means, but it's one of those things where it spawned other events and San Mm -hmm. Jose, downtown San Jose is kind of a dead zone. But when WWDC shows up, it's really kind of a big shot for that community. And I suspect that there are, it's less so with Microsoft and Google and those Facebook events, although. Yeah, you know, San Francisco I, is a pretty big destination for those kinds of things. I've only been to uh, but, uh, yeah,
1: but, I wouldn't say for Google IO there wasn't a ton of events, at least advertised events outside that's of That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. I
2: don't feel like Google IO has the same kind of footprint. Yep. I think the issue is that for a while cancellations were about how do we serve our public and how do we communicate with them and how do we keep them safe? But now it's about well, wait a minute. I have to have hotel contracts. I have to do all of the, the all the preliminary, long, you know, meeting planning and work that normally is a year ahead of time. I mean, we know where conventions are supposed to be, you know, a year out. And that's not by accident because those plans have to be made. So now it's not just a matter of, of saying, well, we'll wait and make the decision about whether to cancel the 2021 convention or not or fall events. Um, it's it's a really hard call because you don't know when you're going to be able to, not only are you going to be able to safely hold those events, but will people come? Even if, for example, our governor just today in Texas uh, is loosening up some of the restrictions on businesses and he says that uh, there will be it'll be phased in, but restaurants and movie theaters and places will be able to open if they have only 25% of their capacity filled up. And my question was, what are are people going to do? He can make those restrictions. He can l- reduce those restrictions all he wants, but are people going to go to the Alamo draft house? Are people going to go to the, re- are people who run those restaurants going to take the risk of opening them? And the same goes for big events. Do you, do you take the risk of saying I'm going to have this event and then put money down that you may or may not get back, depending on what the situation is at the time of the event.
1: And then a has got would personally
0: theaters. Um, Oh, well, that was it. Uh Movie theaters, he said that c- could open. AMC was like, "Hey, we're not opening up until at least July or, or August because there's no movies to right. show." Right? You know, uh, drive-ins have been popping up <laughs> at restaurants. Did you see that? Just <laughs> for something for people to do in the parking lot? Did you know, you, <laughs> did you did you um, see that? Which I think is Charlie, great.
1: Did you see the box office report from a couple weeks ago? There was one theater in yes, Florida that was I, the open. One I
0: tweeted from Slash Film. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, the only one movie theater was the entire U.S. box office out of Ocala, Florida. It was great. Here in Charlotte, we haven't peaked yet. We're still going higher. Yep. And so they don't expect us to peak until June. So that's the other side of it, right? You know, and I'm not used to. I'm used to living in Texas. So states. Are far away when you live in Houston or Austin, you don't think about that. But now I'm in a state which is, you know, pretty much surrounded by other states. So I have to think about South Carolina, Tennessee and other states. That's a whole new way of thinking for me. And you can say one thing, but you know, Atlanta is just a four hour drive away. And so if that's opening up, uh, because people have got to have their waffle houses, then I'm concerned. And, and so it affects the way I think. And that's really weird. But coming circle back to Convention. I don't blame anybody for putting off this because uh, Chansey has been really good with her Twitter feed and others talking about the things we'll have to consider when we go back to convention. And, you know, how do you operate like that elevator in Anaheim where you have to push that bar? And, you know, how do you display? Braille displays with gloves on. And there's a lot of things that have to be re- rethought in a blindness Well, everything from sighted
2: guide or any elevator or touch screens that you have to interact with in all sorts of places.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the virtual conventions are going to be an interesting thing for sure. I mean, in this case, we, we have the experience. We're, we're used to using Zoom, gosh, no, by now. I and mean, we've done this stuff. You know, plenty of people don't even have the tech experience to to do something like that. And depending on how NFB and ACB are, choose to host various things, I think they're still trying to figure that out. I don't think Zoom is the best platform for everything, especially a, like a banquet speech or a general session. You know, that might just be better off on a YouTube live or... Something to that to that to that effect, uh, you know. There's a lot of little things, to, you know, and that's the main part of the convention exhibit hall. So this obviously hits me as a company. You know, we were going to go to both conventions this year; they didn't overlap, and have a grand old time and and sell a whole bunch of stuff. We hoped, and you know, that's all gone virtual. So that's fine. We will, we'll, of course, we'll adapt. But what is the advantage as a company if if you know? Somebody comes through and say, "Yeah, we're going to offer you a virtual exhibit hall space that's online." Okay, how is that different than me just putting something up on my website or my Twitter feed? You know, I mean, it, it's it's really hard to market something like that. Like, yeah, I'm you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to pay for an exhibit hall virtual table, right? You know, so this is really odd little right. things to to think about. And somebody that, couldn't know, we, just pirate flag the hashtag. <laughs> well,
2: know, the upside it, of virtual from an attendee point of view, and you you've got to put with the exhibit hall. I mean, it's kind of like when you do your holiday gift guides at the end of the year, that's sort of what a virtual exhibit hall is like. Here, Here's a bunch of products, and you're hoping that people will listen and maybe find some deals. As far as attending events, I, there's a possibility that you you may not get the same people that you would going to convention entirely, but you might get some new people who would never go to yep. convention for reasons of money, for reasons of health, for reasons of just discomfort in large groups. I've had a couple of interesting experiences where, and because I'm sitting in my home office, which is exactly accessible in the way that I personally need it to be, so it's completely comfortable for me, I don't have anxiety, social anxiety, I don't have any, you know, am I making sure I find the room and get to the place in the room, or if, I, if I had a hearing disability or something like that, I can sit in front of a screen and I can interact with slides I can interact with on-screen demos I was watching an, a demo on how to do certain things things in audition the other day and it was great because I was two inches from my screen that would not be the experience that I would have if I went to a CSUN session about that or if I went to a session at convention about something that had you know some sort of presentation I can consume that presentation in a completely accessible way and for some people, if they are interested in that kind of content, if you give them co- content that's compelling and say to them, you can also consume it in a place that's comfortable for you and accessible for you, there might be some benefits. But then I guess my question would be, is there a way with those platforms to give people the interaction that they need, whether it's a chat alongside or whether it's some sort of haytale kind of thing where you can actually communicate with people hey, tell. after the fact? Hey, I, I just pulled that out of my head wow. because I couldn't think. What's another? <laughs> what's another chat clap? <laughs> uh,
0: I'm not uh, the only <laughs> one who pulls up old tech on this show. I just <laughs> totally. no
2: I couldn't the remember record. the name. There was what's the one that was for a few years? A few years ago. A lot of people. Were, I think Haytel still exists,
1: was even VoRail. But was there was sort of
2: a, there Vo- was like a, there were different channels, and you yeah. could just go and chat with people. There are a couple of those. There's been things, a few. Bug. I was going
0: to give out her Klango handle at <laughs> any minute now. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Klango? oh my oh. god!
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know.
2: It, it's an it's an yeah. opportunity, but I just sort of wonder. I feel like partly people are going to have to pick up on that themselves, but partly the folks that run the con- events are going to have to find ways to. Sort of encourage people and tell them, here's something for you that you may not realize is very cool that you can participate in.
1: And you know, companies and presenters and such. You know, there are some that are more tech fluent. I think they will really do well with this format. And there certainly are a lot of opportunities for. I look at this month of July, and I've you know been talking to some other people. I, I see this other random events popping up around exhibits, you know, because you don't need to like rent a meeting room or get any sort of approval. You could just do your own thing, tie it into ACB and NFB weeks, and do additional mm-hmm. stuff. And that's that could be really interesting. And the other part of that about that, okay, ACB is holding theirs first. A lot of times, these two have the same speakers for certain things. And, you know, well, if everyone if you hear all the, the news the first time when A C B does theirs, well, okay, now and if why would you go to the same session at NFP? So there's there's just a lot of this goofy little things that, you know, maybe haven't been thought about in the past and uh, um look forward to seeing uh but yeah, you're I think the attendance will be up. I, I looked this random virtual meetings on god knows whatever topic have been getting fifty, a hundred, two hundred people on Zoom. So I don't put it past anyone. They got eight seven or eight hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars, eight hundred people for the presidential release last month on NSP.
0: Speaking, you know, speaking personally here on this platform, convention is some of our biggest attraction for a lot of listeners, our for show back. Mm Mm-hmm surprise uh, is one of the better, bigger shows back uh, for, for our listeners. We've we've done this for a very long time. Um, so for us, this is not necessarily business as usual, but we can roll with the punches a little differently and still bring content that, you know, we look at, you know, that's one of the things I, I talked with Ricky about. And I've been fascinated with how Apple launched the new iPhone SE because if anybody lived off the sizzle, than the stake was Apple. And so launching several new products in the last month, virtually, you know, no big crazy thing at Apple Park, no, you know, conversation of numbers or anything like that. Apple just, you know, has done a lot to try and be a part of the news cycle uh, in a very weird time. So it's fascinating from a completely navel gazing moment to see how Apple is trying to launch a product during all of this. And mind you, it's a $399 Three hundred and ninety nine dollar phone with Touch ID. That's immediately one of those things that uh, some of our listeners would immediately sit up and look at. Um, Patrick, Bully, did you have a chance to take a look at the specs? Yeah, we'll get yeah, Patrick. Well, to first of
2: all, it. I'd say this is the kind of product that never was going to have a big event anyway. They probably would have done a spring event. They would have had the iPad Pros they announced earlier in the year, and the keyboard and the phone, but it wouldn't have been a Cupertino event. It would have been tagged to some sort of thing. They've done business like events. Apple and education, education was that time. But I think the phone itself is compelling, so I'll get to that in a second. But it, the the real proof of the sort of changing landscape is going to be through WWDC because WWDC in theory is all about developers and it's become an avenue for them to do announcements, especially of OS's over the years. But what's that going to look like? It's not even just that we can't all go, but how do you generate excitement, even if you're Apple, when you're one person or a series of people in front of screens? Because those people can't be in a crowd. They can't have that sort of reality distortion field where even the press cheers like mad people. And it's that's going to be really weird. But what they might do is change the way they present. And it'll be super interesting to see what kind of a tone and what kind of a feeling they strike now about the iphone se i think it's a great phone i think it's going to be compelling to a lot of people because it's fast it's inexpensive it's fast meaning it's got the same chip as a current phone it is physically bigger than the iphone se so i think for a lot of people it's going to have the the heft it's going to have a bigger battery too so not it's going to be a little bigger so if you're using something like braille screen input or if you're just, you know, looking for more space to now na- even, even a, as a voiceover user, a tiny screen can be kind of a pain to, to navigate. I like the original SE, but if I were in the market for a new phone, and I, there are a couple people in my life who I've been suggesting, maybe you ought to think about it. Because it's a pretty good deal. And it's not going to get to be a better deal, because they're probably not going to update this again for a couple of years.
1: Yeah. If you have an iPhone eight, it's the same size as the eight. So if you wanted to come from that, you could even use the same case, um, which is nice, you know, and to have a touch screen phone that is or a touch ID phone that is current, I think is certainly nice. You, we were never getting a headphone jack back. We were never getting another phone the size of the smaller SE for the, the few people that were still holding on to that. That this wasn't going to happen, and uh, you know, even Touch ID, I think, is an interesting thing uh, with uh, face masks now, right? Does that bring uh, the Touch ID back a little more for some people?
2: That's uh, that's a good point. I haven't really experimented with how well Face ID works with my mask on because Face ID gives me problems even without my mask, mm. but it's kind of a good point. <laughs>
0: Now, if you're a fan of the eight plus, you're going to to hold on a little longer. Rumors suggest that, uh, because of, uh, the situation that's going on currently that those phones were affected in the uh, process of being manufactured. So there is a talk that it will show up in just a couple more months. We should see a. SE Plus version. So it's something oh, more comparable gosh. to the 8 what Plus. What are they going to name? I jokingly called it before we started the show the 8 Plus Plus. Yeah.
1: So Apple it. needs to figure out their name. Double Plus good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this, this new SE, which is the same as it's like the old iPads and.
2: I just call it SE the sequel. The iPads are the ones that are super confusing because you've got iPad seventh generation. What? Wait, is so? Is that a Star Trek series of some kind? I don't know.
0: Correct. It was great. Uh, Patrick Stewart was in that. It was. It was really good. It was really really good. You know, while we're on Star Trek for just one second. Job, Shelley. Picard and Discovery (laughs) didn't have audio description, but there's a one month whole thing of CBS All (laughs) Access that you can get as a free trial and Star Trek, Discovery, and Picard are audio described. Thanks to Roy Samuelson. Roy did a really good Move on social media, uh, getting to show CBS All Access that blind individuals really wanted to have audio description, especially since some of it was in subtitles on the first season of Discovery. And uh, that interest is what drove CBS All Access to go back and retroactively add stuff, which Netflix actually had outside the United States. Long story short. Hey, audio description for Star Trek. So if you're looking for something to binge, uh, that's a story we talked about for more than a year here on the show. And, and just uh, really quickly,
2: CVSL Access has been offering a month's free trial, which I took advantage of to watch Picard. And I had an alarm on my phone so that I would remember when to get rid of my free trial because I'm no fool. And uh, I went there last night and it said, no, please don't go. And I was like, sure. Yeah, you're me why. And it said, no, no, we'll give you another month free. They've extended the free trial period through, I think, May 10th. You can get a a month's free trial. But because I already had the month's free trial, I have a second one. So if you're interested at all in CBS All Access, where all the Star Treks plus other things live, now is a great time to do that.
0: The new Twilight Zone is really good, too. So if you're not into Star Trek, uh, I highly suggest the new Twilight Zone as well. Um, Hey, Jay, they also have their game shows on there. So you could actually watch The Price is Right and Let's Make a Deal. If you missed it, interesting.
1: Hmm. Actually, uh, I'm going to try to get into let's make a deal at home, which is what they're doing. Um, Before (laughs) (laughs) we, before we go on any further, uh, since we're talking about iPhones and conventions and all these things kind of tied together, let me just give a quick AT guys update. First of all, yes, we are still shipping things, which is great. We have our warehouse going. So anything that you need, we have it for you. So if you're getting an SE 2020, is that what we're calling, whatever we're calling this thing? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah, that yeah, if you, sure, it's the same as the eight. So you can get a tactile screen overlay for that if that's what you need or any of your um, Bluetooth accessories, keyboards and speakers and all that stuff. Um, the other thing I want to mention uh, is we're going to be selling a bunch of the new Orbit stuff. So Orbit Research. Uh, go back in the CSUN podcast, you can hear about this. There's a new $99 Bluetooth keyboard. That is a Bluetooth Braille keyboard. That is coming out this summer, as well as a 40-cell Orbit Reader for $13.99. We're going to give away an Orbit Braille keyboard called the Orbit Writer. So you can go to atguys.com slash atguys.com slash O-R-B-I-T, and you can register to win one of those. We'll draw that beginning of June, no purchase necessary, and uh, and then we'll be the first to let you know when you can pre-order that. So... We're happy to still we were a remote company. We were kinda of talking before, right? We you know, we've always been remote for the podcasts and you know, AT guys has pretty much been a remote company anyway. So, you know, thankfully it hasn't obviously we miss the the in person travel and doing exhibits and that type of stuff, but a lot of it has kind of been business as usual for, for us and for you know, as much as it can be. This with a lot more eating in at home
0: or the excuse to eat in at home and feel less guilty about it because we're supporting local restaurants. Oh, well, no,
1: that <laughs> hasn't changed. I, I, I did no, all these things no. before. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I,
0: uh, okay.
1: It's, it's still the same. That's, it's, that's when
0: Instacart workers come to the house, Instacart shoppers, and they're just like, how are you doing? Uh, I've been working for home for 10 years. Yeah. This is like Thursday to see you. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: used to this? That's I had that experience because I worked at home for many years before I took on a, office job. And so most of the people I work with haven't had that experience. And so when we all started going home, of course, in addition to all the emails from companies that want to tell you what their COVID-19 strategy is, I have emails from multiple layers of management just saying, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? And I'm like, I'm ready to go home now. I've got all my stuff. I've got it in a bag. And uh, I have a, you know, so I feel, as I said before, I feel more fortunate than most, not only because I've had that experience, but because the space I have here at home is completely accessible for my needs. And I think that might be a challenge for some people. So even if you are, you know, you go home and maybe you get to take your assistive equipment with you, it can be a challenge for folks to to set up in a way that, you know, where they can hear speech and where they can keep the headphones out of the hands of the little ones or whatever it is they need to do. And so I just want to acknowledge that for those of us who've been working at home for a long time, you know, doing what we're doing now is just another day in the life. Although I have been podcasting a lot more in the past month. I don't know why it just happened that way. But for a lot of people, especially folks who may work in, you know, state rehab or other instances where working at home is probably almost unheard of, this is probably a really weird time for a lot of people.
1: You know, it's really been interesting um, just to see the adaptations that people have come up with. Some have been, you know, some people are doing really well with it. You know, some have had more challenges. I was talking to a couple uh, people that work for rehab and they have the challenge of. Clients who haven't learned technology yet and just trying to get them on a Zoom call, even if it's the method where you called in, well, entering phone numbers on an iPhone is not an easy thing or the the access code or clicking the link. So just trying to find even just the simple solutions, you know, for us, okay, here's your Zoom link. Okay, fine. We're used to that. But for some people, that's a complete challenge, especially if you had just lost your site and you hadn't even got that training yet and now they can't deliver it in person. So. There's a lot of challenges surrounding that type of stuff and just a lot of adapting. And then, you know, sure, we um, Zoom and some of them work pretty well, but then there's other platforms and other remote uh, remote software that isn't as accessible. So depending on what each company is using uh, for meetings. I don't know. And new ones coming up yeah. all
0: the time. So Google Meet just changed their layout. Uh, Facebook just introduced a thing to try and get people to use it. So up to 50 people in a call. Uh, WhatsApp increased things. I mean, everybody's trying to catch up to fill a thing. Microsoft Teams is trying to adopt a lot of things that Zoom has, and each one has their own privacy issues. As Chancy has pointed out uh, on her Twitter feed, once or twice, drawings- and
2: there are a lot of people who are encountering those environments in not only work situations but in school and family situations. Say your family has a group Zoom call; that's probably one of the easiest scenarios. But there are a lot of families who are meeting in game platforms, not all of which are accessible, and so. There sometimes is going to be a, there are going to be a challenge for people who they basically you have to go where the other people in your life are uh, unless you're able to say hey this is a more accessible platform could you come meet me over here and that requires a fair bit of experience with technology so I guess
1: to yeah to answer some of those questions so Zoom was in the news a ton because they had to scale really quickly and end up with a whole bunch of security stuff going by you know I'm not going to say that. Google and Microsoft and others didn't have, doesn't, don't have many of the same issues that, you know, Zoom just, they got caught. And I think. Just looking at what they've been doing in the past few weeks, I think they're doing a pretty good job. they're not perfect, but I think they've been doing a pretty decent job of trying to address things um, as far as what's been going on. A lot of it happened because people were posting meeting links publicly in Twitter to say, hey come and join our chat on you know virtual techniques for this and they would just post up a link and then nefarious people would get that link and they would do what's called zoom bombing. So now the the way to do it is to, set up your link and then get people to register and have an email them to link. You know, there's ways around this now where a lot of that has now thankfully uh, subsided. But if you don't want to use zoom or other things out there, what Joe mentioned uh, teams and Google meet are both very accessible from what I've seen. Uh, I haven't tried this new Facebook. Then I just got announced today as we're recording it. So I can't speak to that one yet, but there are other options that are accessible if you want to, um, you know and you know there could be a whole set of shows and articles on, on all of that but uh, there are options besides zoom to to do the free plan of zoom is up to 40 minutes at a time um, you can get on the pro plan for 15 bucks a month some of the others like google meet depending on the, the type of account you have there are ways to do longer uh, meetings and and things like that so
2: zoom is sometimes and it, i don't know how how often it is but i've had this experience several times of if you're on a free zoom Call, sometimes the calls are extended, and so you get longer than 40 minutes. And it's probably not safe to count Mm. on that, but just be aware that sometimes you might sort of get an upgrade you don't expect. And an issue that I had when I first started using Zoom with the university that my work is affiliated with they, in fact, encouraged us, use this for family, use it to connect to friends, do whatever you want to. And then all the Zoom bombing stuff started, and they locked it down. So now, unless somebody is registered in the domain that we're using, you can't connect with them via Zoom, and uh, via via the the university Zoom. And so I'm having to use personal Zoom accounts if I want to initiate a call to somebody else. And that may be an issue with organizations, too, if you if you're affiliated with an organization and you have a pro account, you may or may not be able to connect to family and friends, even if your organization would be happy to let you do it.
1: You make an interesting point. Uh, we had an interesting discussion, I think, too, before the show about cameras. So we're in a sighted world. So you know, I try to use my camera a lot of times for meetings. Um, if you're doing a built-in camera on a laptop, the easiest way I found for a blind person to figure that out, you kind of bend your monitor back a little bit, and then you just draw a line in the air from the, the camera, the way it's facing out uh, to your face. And you can usually do a pretty good job at lining it up. Uh, but you were telling me before the show, Shelley, interesting, you know, trying to use a camera, but also trying to be a little vision, some of the challenges you were experiencing.
2: Yeah, so I use my monitor very close to my face. And if I and I have an iMac, which has a monitor at the top of the screen, the laptop, uh, sorry, a camera at the top of the screen, and the same issue would apply to a laptop. So it's very hard for me to see. Well, there's this two problems. If I'm trying to be seen on video, I need to be far enough back that somebody is not just seeing the top of my head or my nose or my forehead. And so I found it helpful. And again, because I have more technology that I know what to do with, I found it helpful to use one device for working during the meeting and another device for being on camera. So I push my iMac way far away to the back of my desk, and I get myself on camera in the iMac, and I line myself up, but then I have an i have an iPad that is in front of me. If I want speech on it, I can have it with, with a separate pair of headphones, but that enables me to see and be seen. The challenge with that is that sometimes I can be seen, but I can't necessarily see the person as well as I would like to interact with them, because there's this face, this gallery view that some people call the Brady Bunch view in Zoom, where there's just (laughs) stacks of squares. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of fun for a little while, because, oh, there's the face of somebody I work with, and there's their house and whatever. Uh, But I find it helpful to get out of gallery view, if you have low vision, and you want to see the face of the person who's speaking, get out of gallery view so that their face fills the screen, and you have a better chance of seeing them as opposed to just interacting with these squares that are really, really far away. So there's some low vision challenges. And and also, obviously, if you're low vision, uh, well, whether you're low vision or not, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of what's behind you in the camera, whether it's your messy house, or <laughs> whether it's somebody in your family who might walk behind you, depending on how professional your situation is. I Actually talk to somebody who, who happens to be blind, but it's not Particularly relevant for the example. And he said that his organization deals with clients. And so they gave them a gray Zoom background with the logo of their organization so that you never are, when you're interacting with somebody in a professional capacity, you're not seeing their messy house, you're not seeing the moonscape background that they have, you're seeing you're seeing a neutral background. And so there may be situations where if you're concerned about how your background might look or that you don't know how your background looks, or maybe even, and, and lighting is another issue. Uh, you know, if to in order to be seen on a camera, you, you probably need to make sure your light's on. So yeah. <laughs> there are things like that. If you have somebody around to sort of give you a little pointer, if you feel confident, comfortable with somebody saying, hey, can you tell me what is my Zoom presentation? It might not be a bad thing to do.
1: You probably could knock that off on a free five minute I recall as well. Absolutely.
2: Oh, that's that's a yep. very good use of a free. Yep. Five minute
1: to send them hour. a link to, to a quick Zoom meeting or whatever you want to do it, um, and do it that way. I got to look at my my background as well because of course the Zoom app tries to give you errors if you don't have the right camera and stuff. But I know there's ways around that.
2: If lighting is behind you, if you have a big picture window behind you and it's open, if the screen, if the, the blinds are open, your face can look really washed out. By the same token, obviously, if you're not using overhead light and you don't have a, a window open, uh, a window blind open, uh, you might be hard to see.
0: And learn where your mute button is, <laughs> either in the app or uh-huh. on the uh, device that you're using. That is highly, highly informative uh, because (laughs) it helps to have that in case something happens in your immediate area. So that way you can go off mic if necessary. Uh, There's a great Saturday Night Live sketch uh, about Zooming, which I'll put in the uh, description of the show notes, uh, because uh, it was very, very on target with the types of people you might encounter in a Zoom call. Uh, There's been lots of really good, funny things that have been posted, uh, but you know, this is our new uh, way of interacting with things. And if you have someone that isn't speaking close to their mic, please tell them. If you have something uh, where uh, they're they're using the laptop mic and they're way far away, you know, remind them of that because it can become very difficult to hear uh, with some types of echoey rooms. You know, if you have a room that has a lot of carpet and a lot of uh, drapes that's a great thing because it cuts down on some of the echoes if you know somebody who has spent a lot of money on their hardwood floor they might not have intended to show it off but it certainly comes through on the microphones as that's well That's a really
1: good point
2: John um, So there's you, things uh, that <laughs> about, um, about that so uh. Zoom has a lot of keyboard <laughs> shortcuts and you can find them easily online so muting audio on the Mac is command shift a I'm it's probably control shift a on Windows but don't quote me on that you can also make sure that your video is turned on or off. That's another problem for anyone, but for a low vision person, like if you, the icon has a slash through it, whether your video mm. or your, whether your audio or video is on, if you can't see it, that doesn't do you much good. So flip those uh, keyboard shortcuts.
0: I'm not sure that there's an NVDA extension. I saw people talking about it, but Brian's scripts are out there for. Yeah, dollars.
1: there's not for NVDA, but I mean the Zoom built-in stuff is you know ninety percent there, and we'll get you most of the way. And there's a lot of guides out there and Keyboard shortcuts and stuff. Um, like, you know, we should mention, you know, Jonathan Mosen has the the book, the Zoom book that he released for free. There's a bunch of other stuff that we've had up on Blind Bargains and other places. So there's a lot of resources, and man, we, we could spend another hour. Wow. We, we've already kind of killed most of a show, and that's amazing. I and mean, this, and we didn't even get to your tip yet. No, we, I want to get to the tip. Um, you know, there's other things that maybe we'll maybe double back on later. More, you know, just different things to think about, you know, talking about, uh, Voting and talking about just how we're, you know, social distancing in general, all these different things. Well, you know, we'll have more shows and things and times. I'm sure there'll be things uh, to come up, but uh, let's do the tip. So this came about. When all the difficulties of people trying to get groceries and get things scheduled. As I mentioned earlier, it used to be, okay, I want groceries from Shipt. Let me go on right now. Are we recording this at 9, 19 p.m.? Okay, I can probably get a slot at 11 p.m. Have it from tonight. Well, if I go to Shipt now, that's not going to be a thing. So I'll throw out what I've done and maybe you guys have other things to add. For one thing, it seems like at least on Shipt, which is what I use for groceries, new slots open up mostly towards the end of the evening, around midnight, 1 a.m., maybe a little earlier, but they also do open up occasionally, sporadically. So what I've been doing is I'll start loading up my cart with whatever I want, and as soon as I hit that $35 threshold for the free delivery, although I don't even think you have to wait that long, I will lock in the order time. As soon as I see that ship set as a time available, I will go to checkout and put the order in. You can still add stuff to your cart after that point until the shopper picks up your order. In fact, even then you can text them, but uh, you can still keep adding stuff to your existing order. So the trick for me has to been let's lock in the time, and then I'll you know I know I have an order coming tomorrow, or maybe it's even two or three days out. Then you know as I think of more things or as stuff comes up, I can kind of just keep adding it to the cart and. Um, you know, it, it gets delivered. The other thing that's kind of related to that is they've both Instacart and Shipped have kind of done additional things to say, hey, you know, if you're just going to be at home all day and you don't care when the groceries come, we now have options for you to just say, bring it tomorrow sometime. And that sometimes seems to help a little bit as well. And there's the uh, contact delivery option. So if you don't
0: want to be contact a slash, you don't want somebody to come to your door and knock on it. If you have that ability. Now, some people live in apartments and can't do this, uh, but we have a front doorstep and it's ours and we can actually have them just drop it right there. Or we'll even text the driver on their way over that they could just leave it our front doorstep and we'll describe. We'll be as, as good as we can in explaining what our house looks like. You know, it is a red house with a green door and in the mailbox is missing a door and the street numbers are on the curb. All of that helps them a great deal. So your stuff doesn't end up at the wrong house And that that can happen. Instacart has a tendency to pull at nine o'clock a.m. Eastern, sometimes a little earlier. But generally, as shoppers are logging in for the day, their times will change. And you can see that almost in real time if you refresh the app. Um, yeah. Speaking from the I've got one hour on in Instacart
1: lately. Uh, it's just, you know, not, yeah, it, it went it, from exactly. nothing available to, oh yeah, we can bring it to you right now. Like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they've been adding something like 250,000 shoppers to the service over the last month and still growing. The other thing is that a lot of places like Costco, We'll tell you if you want delivery, go use Instacart, but know that the prices are going to be different than on the website. So you may have that, like in the case of Food Lion or Sam's, if you have a card that you're already using. So a Sam's card or a Food Lion card or your grocery card for whatever your local grocery is, the prices may change when you enter in that card, that loyalty card. So you go into your name in settings, and then you go down to your settings settings which is its own little area. And then you go down to loyalty cards and you can enter in your loyalty cards there for your local areas. Uh, In the case of Sam's, it could actually change prices by $2 or more. It just depends on what you're trying to buy. The other thing that I would suggest too is if you're going to use these services more than once, please consider getting the Express or whatever it's going to be called yearly membership. You can save that $100 it costs for Instacart If you're buying groceries for your family, say every two weeks, you will save that in about three or four months easily because of the taxes, the fees, everything that comes along. It really is worth it to go ahead and spend that $100. You will get it back in droves if you start using the service often for many things. It also gives some shoppers uh, who are working for Instacart a little bit more of a ease on their mind that you are a real person who's going to tip them well and the like. I've had conversations with several shoppers who feel more comfortable if they see that you're an express member or that you've tipped a certain amount uh, and you have a good rating because they can see some of that before they take the job. uh, And they do know how people are scamming Instacart. There was a story that came out a couple of weeks ago about how people would put in a big tip, then they get their groceries and then they would put it back to zero, which was just (laughs) awful. Yeah. And the service will know the shopper will report it. Instacart will learn about it. You'll get contacted. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. But not only that, someone is risking themselves now to walk into a grocery store and do this service for you. So I feel very strongly about tipping that individual. I always did before this, but even more so now, uh, I'm more religious about tipping and uh, we have a tendency also on a busy day to go ahead and get, like, if I choose, Within five hours for a delivery, I usually get mine picked up pretty quickly because we kind of have a a record. It's the same way that some rideshare apps rate you as well as you rating the driver. The driver can see whether you're a good rider or not. And so that can actually hurt or help you in a situation where you need that uh, really helped out. And one more thing, if your shopper sends you a picture, this has worked (laughs) kind of well for Ricky and I. If someone sends you a picture of an item and you're not comfortable throwing that into, you know, seeing AI and recognizing it, you can say that you're actually communicating with that person on a device that doesn't show pictures, like an Apple Watch,
1: and they'll Hell, oh, that's funny. And I've and never what it was that they were trying to do. I've that. never done it that way. I was to say I'm blind. This I came up
0: s- in a conversation <laughs> uh, we had on Twitter about people who might not feel comfortable disclosing that they're blind or visually impaired. Some people said that they let the the sh- shopper know immediately that they're blind. And then, you know, there are some people who don't want to disclose. So this was a conversation that we had on Twitter that we have a tendency to let the shopper know that the devices we're using don't allow pictures. Can you just give me a brief rundown? Of I what never thought is. of
1: doing it that way. As you can tell, we do a lot, we, We've did a lot of shopping on this before this all started. <laughs> <laughs> we we could do a whole show yeah. on. Uh, oh, no, yeah. no, I think we did do. A, we have done shows on these types of things before because uh, we know we know groceries and restaurants and all that stuff. <laughs> so it's uh, different, and
0: we've done it at conventions. Hey, that's how we had a game show happen yep. in Reno, Nevada. Yep, where absolutely, we
1: actually had food
0: brought to us, so we could actually do that kind of thing. Uh, which means we'll have to talk about Drizzly and Seven Eleven and some other places. You know, pizza apps still suck and just. Just, I don't know if anybody knew that, but pizza apps are still not the best for these kinds of things, but you don't know until you try and they're changing all the time. So they might not be great today, but they're usually changing. And this is also the time to provide feedback to these places. So if you have a restaurant that you really, really like, and they're not on Grubhub, call them and ask them why, understand why they don't feel like that's a good fit for them, but then say, Hey, okay, well, I really love your service and I can't come in. How is this going to work out? And like JJ said at the top of the show, a lot of places are starting to find a way around that uh, in order to provide goods and services to those who can't
1: get out. Yep, with a wide range of uh, accessibility. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep talking about this on whatever we happen to record in the future. Uh, and you can send us feedback on the whole sound off thing. Oh, I think we even have some. It's your turn to sound off. Email feedback at blindbargains.com or tweet us at blindbargains. Hey, cool.
0: And then I got a last word. This was way,
1: remember,
0: remember before COVID and, you know, the before time. Yeah, (laughs) I remember the before time. (laughs) Didn't someone,
1: didn't someone joke that was going to be BC before COVID? they you know, re, re- the years. Oh, yes.
0: I heard they shortened the week down to four days. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. That's all okay. that's left. I'm, I'm okay with days. that.
2: This is just an excuse for us to do a more informal podcast, because we're all in the same room as we normally are. Well, I'm actually not for reasons that are too boring to go into, but I'm in the same house. But, you know, we, we're just, we're doing our normal podcasting thing. We're just being right. aware of what's going on around us.
1: <laughs> way back when before all the Sun stuff uh in podcast two oh six, go right around Valentine's Day. A little after, we did a I did an interview podcast with the participants and the director of a documentary, which is available now. If you're looking for something to binge watch? Uh, well, it's just a one hour binge watch called Blind Love, uh, following four blind people who, at the time, were going out and and trying to find love. I'm sure they still are, or maybe they aren't, or maybe they found someone. Of course, now they're doing it virtually, just like, like a lot of other things. Um, so we have a what was this, this is uh, Reginald George I just wanted to uh, comment he says, why does no one comment on these great podcasts and if they are, why don't you post them i seen seen um, Blind Love and listened to the interview here he said, the movie is absolutely fantastic and he said, it was quite a departure from the original uh, technology fair um, I, I really mentioned, I wasn't mentioning it to us on the back, but um, I just want to thank George for writing in, in and it was fun to do something totally different like that, you know, we do a lot of tech stuff and when this idea came at me I was like, you know what, we're just going to let this fly and see what happens and uh, i think i mentioned at the time we that was the second version we actually recorded the first version of this and then it didn't record <laughs> so you know
2: cuz technology failed you did. but love was successful it, yeah. in the end
1: some of our great
0: season <laughs> interviews in 2019 they didn't record yeah, yeah. the best ones i ever did oh yes
1: Gone. all the be my eyes Gone all to the be the my eyes movie. interviews and other ones that that got lost. Yeah,
0: on. David Bradburn. Yeah, that was a good interview.
1: That's okay. He's Too been on. He's it. been on 13 other times. So we're good.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> this is true. But I liked that one. That was a good one.
2: Somebody will never see again.
0: Never. No, not at all. No, we like,
1: haven't done a not run into. <laughs> uh, we we like, haven't done a regular show in a while, Joe. And we used to do the single last word. Well,
0: I have tons of last word material, but this was the one that that we all sort of talked about roughly. I didn't order it via DoorDash uh, to have here for the show, but I I will. I will take a bullet for this podcast and and do this soon. Uh, Shelly, have you ever thought about pizza? I mean, really thought about what you could do with pizza? Maybe, you know, Sicilian, right? Or a thin crust. Sure. But have you really let your mind think about dessert pizza?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Go on. Dessert pizza. I'm in, I'm down with it.
0: Baskin and Robin had a dessert pizza in the early 1990s. They called it the polar pizza. Well, they're bringing it back. The polar pizza is available now for delivery. What? It's about 2295 what here. Is it? Uh, it comes in five flavors. So you can actually have a cookie dough. So cookies and cream kind of cookie dough kind of thing. Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh, so Jamaica mocha. With Heath. That's an odd combination. Huh. Also, there's a mint chocolate chip that's also available. Uh, these are available. I, I like the recipe. only four. Myself, personally. I wonder what the uh, twenty two ninety five. If you don't like any of those flavors, <laughs> you can actually build your own polar pizza. See, it's that's what I want to do. It's a nine-inch round crust, which is made of cookie or brownie. And you can add your own toppings and your own flavors and make your own polar. I'd
2: like to not have little packaged candy bars. I'd like to have whatever sweet stuff I have around my house that I've made that I want to put on top of
1: it. Okay. Am I understanding? So what to me this sounds like is one of those ice cream cookie sandwiches without a top. Right?
2: It's a pie is what it is. It's, you know. But with ice cream. It's an ice cream pie. And it's cut. (laughs) Yeah, with ice cream. the,
0: The recommended way of eating is they'll cut it into triangles and you just eat it like a pizza. Right.
1: So you can pick it up.
2: If you want to, sure. Why not? I mean,
1: if you're gonna be that <laughs> nice about it, I would just shove the whole thing in my mouth. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> right, because there's cause there I've seen right <laughs> You start
0: on one end. Is, is that I mean, you can't roll it up, so you can't make your your pizza burrito. But I mean, you know, it you, so. Now I'm trying to imagine okay. you pick up this nine-inch pizza and eat it on one end. That, that's that vision is <laughs> stuck in my head. But if now. you're from New York, do you fold that's it? Really well, we're
2: all social distancing. Nobody's around to watch what you do with your own polar pizza. I guess you could
0: cut it in half, or hey. you could make it a, a a pizza. Oh, remember the Priazzo from from Pizza Hut in the '80s? No, nope, that's before my time. I'm the only one. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't remember pieces. that at all. <laughs> Joe's going down memory take, you lane. Do we have
2: some film music while Joe goes put down put it together, <laughs> you
0: know, and then have like a stuffed crust. We,
1: oh, hey, great. hey, you know yeah, what? No. I've I been look. looking for content because you know, mm, always want to keep trying to start a Blind Bargain's YouTube channel, Joe. Let's get you a, I will buy you a polar uh-huh. pizza.
0: And, to, 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 try, to try the yeah, pizza? Yeah, oh, the first post.
2: Okay. You try the different flavors and then the next episode is you build your own with your family around to suggest toppings. Look
1: at the listeners suggest We, is a we, we
0: did have uh Tier Masu Oreos while we were on break. Uh Tierra Oreos were really good and we actually
2: Okay, you have, have to pronounce uh, it correctly if you're going to eat it.
0: Uh, okay. How is it? Say it again. We also <laughs> We also have uh World Tour Trolls Oreos. They're green. That's
2: not but terribly, They also have the Pop Rocks <laughs> cream in it from yeah, he avoided the avoided yeah. the request to pronounce it correctly. I was going to make correct. him do it, and, and he just moved said, right along I want to talk you about it. I
1: deflect. It's, it's, I was a government. It was, in in government. Tira- it was tira- really good. Yeah. Tiramisu?
2: Tiramisu, that Yay! is correct, that's not what Joe okay. said. Check the tape. All
1: right. Tiramisu
0: Oreos were really good. Go rewind it right now. Tiramisu, Tiramisu. It sounds
2: disgusting, whatever you pronounce it.
0: Sure. Actually, translate as little pick-me-up, so there you go. yeah the pop rocks that we had uh, given away in Reno are back, so if you are looking for something, I actually found these on Amazon. Wait, I wish I had Are they from uh, Reno? I never got to experience. Are they the that old? Pop rock. <laughs> They are not from Reno. They are there. actually celebrating the new trolls movie animated movie and they're green cookies with the pop rocks on the inside
1: i actually went back to the uh the end of line recording from a year ago like there were some really good snacks there let me see exactly what uh i ate again because i wanted to get, get some stuff so yeah <laughs> let us know what you're eating let us know what you're doing and, and, and more serious don't let us know how COVID is affecting you um and anything yeah you, know, want if you
0: guys have gotten one of those giant family meals like the 30 dollar thing from kfc let us know how it went <laughs>
1: Joe wants Joe wants the real dirt. Yeah, there's a
0: oh my God. There's a, I I I want to know the real stuff. What what have you embarrassingly
2: tell COVID, eaten? Tell us how covid tell us. is affecting you. Did you get enough dark meat? <laughs>
1: Yes. oh my god you gotta have a little was it
0: was it mashed potatoes and gravy or just mashed potatoes <laughs> just tell me I wanna know god.
2: inquiring no, minds you,
1: gotta, you know what you, you all you gotta do you gotta let
2: support your local restaurants just
1: yeah, say it. support your local you, you gotta laugh about life a little don't you but <laughs> thank you so much yes. for listening thanks Joe Shelley thank you Patrick for uh, coming uh, for uh, oh my gosh <laughs> he's not with us right now just cleaning wait, us wait up till he hears this. Just, just wait till he hears this uh, and has to
2: t- Thanks,
1: Patrick. <laughs> to deal with it. Um, uh, you know, I don't know what we're going to do after this, but we're going to probably do a, a mix of us Coming on every so often and then doing some other feature stuff. I could do a whole show around my air fryer. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Uh, Ricky wants to talk to you about uh, one of the things that we got during Christmas. And it also, too, oh, is an
1: air fryer. My, it's, it's another cooking show that. coming out. They call it Chef yay, yay, Cooking Shows. Those are uh-huh. cool. But we'll, um, and Ricky and I have a barbecue bites
0: in the background. We got a couple of things actually lined up. So uh, if you. We're waiting for us to return to form. If you're going to be waiting a long time because I don't know what that is. I lined up. And, you uh, mean they're in your head? Uh, we were never really that good at it anyway. <laughs> no, no, there's actually stuff going to the, uh, the waiting folder. We have oh, a folder okay. Amongst All the right. That's, that's, that's the next step in the line. Dump stuff.
1: Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go. Um, like the color star, it should be here by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's how long it takes. Well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's how long. when it goes from out of my head and out of my mouth to actually being recorded. <laughs> yes. That's, that's how long uh, it takes. I mean, I'm with Not you that on
1: that one, All right, All right. I, I got to go. I'm sure I have another Zoom meeting to attend. So. <laughs>
2: Zoom, zoom, thank, zoom.
1: You so, thank you so much for listening. And uh, Follow us on Twitter at Blind Bargain. Oh, we didn't even do those. See, we just skipped right past that. You follow us on Twitter at Blind Bargains. You can email Joe at uh, Ranger Station. You can get Shelly at iOS Access Book.com. Boom. There. Got it all covered. Are <laughs> <laughs> we good? All right.
2: We're good. We're, sure. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Say goodnight, JJ. Time.
0: Now I got to go make show notes. Have fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bye. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit
0: blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT guys.
1: Copyright 2020. Tearbrush. <laughs>